Okay, so which topic interests you more? <laughs> Post-COVID thirsty, thirsty ship or gorilla mindfuck away colonial edge of the sky? <laughs> They're both ramblings of dementia patients. <laughs> do you genuinely know what both of those topics you wrote down are about? Yes. Which one do you want to start with? No, 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 no. Which one piques your interest more? One without a doubt, Gorilla Mindfuck Away, Colonial Edge of the Sky. Okay, that sounds like the sequel to the Tom Cruise movie where he keeps going back in time. <laughs> edge of Tomorrow. Okay, so Gorilla Mindfuck Away, <laughs> Colonial Edge of the Sky. <laughs> so there's a song called Edge of the Sky. Mm. Right. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's by a guy named uh, Murtaugh. Gorilla Mindfuck. No, <laughs> Murtaugh. And uh, it goes through this. I think I've played it before where at the beginning is actually I think I can just I won't play it, but I can just read what it says. But the beginning is like this narration. Okay. Um, Actually, it doesn't have the lyrics, but it's just a narrator. And he's talking about imagine a world beyond our world where where love is universal mm. and we have found peace and cures for all diseases and it's all these all these nice i'll play it if you want it's a beautiful little piece and um i was listening to it at work walking around and i just thought wow this is really nice but it's super trippy to think about like this type of unified peace and harmony and then i thought what what would happen if i was able to pluck a, a, a colonial person like New England colonial person from the colonial times. Okay. Pick them up. <laughs> bring them to EDC, right? Yeah. Pump them up full of Molly. <laughs> and so, gorilla mind fuck no, them. <laughs> some mushrooms and and some edibles. And then just play that first beginning of the song. <laughs> and just how much of a gorilla mind fuck? Gorilla mindfuck away, colonial <laughs> edge of the sky. Because your your notes of how you remember this thought is sometimes poetry. <laughs> like sometimes it's just thank you chemistry lab, and we've been trying to remember what that means for six months, and it's nothing. But sometimes it just you 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 weave such a thread that is so plugged directly back into your memory and is indecipherable like <laughs> you could give yourself the best password hints on like a post-it note on your computer so you would remember what your password is but no hacker with a million years would ever be able to tie it back that that's that's awesome thank you Just, thank you for that do you like where that went yeah no i love it, it was like a punchline Thinking about how it came back to the note that you took. <laughs> so there's a song called Edge of the Sky. Oh, okay. I know what that part of the note is about. <laughs> yes. So I was just thinking, oh, I'm going to blow. It would blow my mind away. And I was like, no, this would gorilla fuck the mind away. Like, just. just. <laughs> there's an image. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just. just <laughs> okay. Just this, Yikes. just that, you know what I mean? Like, like silverback gorilla, just like, okay, rum, rum, okay, rum, okay. Just, just super intense. And there's experience. the audio for that image. <laughs> just super intense experience, <laughs> and just trying to understand how a, like a colonial aged person would perceive that event. Yeah, just 
it would mess him up. But just... And then what would you do? Just send him back in time? And <laughs> be yes. like, all right, buddy, have fun. <laughs> yes. And I would say... I Try was... not to get burned at the stake for this one, pal. <laughs> <laughs> just just that feeling of, 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 of universal connect... Uh, like, connectedness. Like, the, the uh, they connectivity. They would be horrified. I don't know the, if they would. Let me no. Let me paint this picture. They They're essentially abducted by aliens that look like them. Okay. And then drugged, <laughs> and then they see weird, colorful dancing lights, and their but, ears hurt. No, but they hear the beginning of "End of the Sky." Got it. That's what I'm saying. Ed, edge of the sky. Edge of the sky. Um, it's an EDM song. Yes. Everybody, yeah. go pause real quick. Go listen to "Edge of the Sky." I mean, I could play the beginning of it. No, nah, it won't sound good over the the phone what? speakers. Maybe if we could implant the audio in the podcast. Okay, we're okay. I'll just say I, I have I have what what's good said. Yeah. The narrator. Ima- imagine uh, what's his name from uh, from the BBC. What's his name? David Attenborough. Yeah, it's like his voice, and he says, "Do it in the voice. Do it in the voice." I can't. I, I don't just have a voice. I don't. I don't. I don't have okay. his voice. But he says, "With V as his guide, Lucas's mind is transported far away." across the galaxy and beyond to a world similar to our own but without war and famine fear and disease it is a world where love has triumphed and music is the common language this alien race light years away has unlocked the key not just to interdimensional travel but a thousand other technologies <laughs> wait, 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 wait wait mankind has only dreamt in science fiction and a thousand more we have yet to dream. It is a world at the edge of the sky. And then the song drops, and it's just <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so I didn't even know what the lyrics are, and I was trying to convince you that this person would think they were abducted by aliens. Now I could, def- could like definitively tell you that this person would know for a fact that they were abducted by aliens, and that this was their autobiography that they were <laughs> being forced to listen no, to. No, 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 no. I would be dressed up as a colonial as well, and I could just be like, "That's yo, exactly what I'm an alien from, would do." Yo, I found this portal. I yo, you, you would start this. with yo. Yes, <laughs> that is an alien word. Yo, yeah, yo, no. <laughs> They'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I would just... No, I, you'd have to be like, doth brethren or something. Or even... Okay, even, Yo. okay wait, wait. Okay, I got a better idea. You ready? Here's a better idea. Yeah. You get a whole village. Sure. Colonial era village. A whole, like back then, a whole... Vill- a whole... A large majority, like a, a town. Yeah. You get them all... All a, a, a little, a little Molly, you know, or maybe a lot of Molly. I don't know. However, you want to give it to them, you give them some Molly lollipops or something. You give them some edibles, right? Yeah. And then you give them maybe, maybe some mushrooms. And then we, then you, we, we have a path like an old school beaten path. They walk down. We go. Oh, we got to go down this path. There's, there's food down this path, but there isn't food. There's just the EDC got brought to them. So it's just this giant thing. Oh, so you're bringing <laughs> Edge of the Sky Man back in time. Yes. With his whole. Yes. With his whole stage. Yes. Or whatever, running on batteries. I'm assuming. <laughs> well, no, just generators. We have generators. <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> Excellent. They would be horrified. <laughs> They would like. Have you seen the happening no. with Mark Wahlberg? They would try to commit suicide as fast as possible to end this. 
My mom would be horrified if you did this. If you gave her a Molly lollipop and then brought her without against her will to an EDM show, and she's heard dubstep. It's not against. First of all, the song is beautiful. You don't. You know. You're just making assumptions about. The I gotta song. listen to it later. Okay, you're just making assumptions about the song. I'm just saying. I feel like it would be a transformative experience. Okay, or we could take it all. I mean, so here's the thing. They would just feel so happy and good on Molly. I'm not saying ayahuasca and DMT because mm. that would just, that would ruin them. So I'm not trying to do that. You know, I'm not trying to break, doing it, do a psychotic break. I think them. you should just do that. Skip the EDM. Just no, bring a no, 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 shot no, glass no, no, of no. ayahuasca back in time. Because I want to see how they would perceive that experience. Horror. Terror. I don't think terror. I don't think it would be horror. It absolutely would. No, it wouldn't. They've never seen a light. <laughs> regardless of a light show they've never like they've never heard an electronic sound electricity is centuries away from getting invented i've also thought about what it would be like if you found most of them have never heard a loot okay so here's here's another thing i would i also wonder what it would be like to find um we can use colonials again, right? That's sure, an yeah, yeah, easy yeah. reference. Yeah. Find colonials. We know where they are. Same idea, right? Yeah. We we pump them up. We give them a whole fuck ton of edibles. Pump them up. <laughs> yeah. A fuck ton of edibles. And then, and then we give them all fucking McDonald's. Okay. Just to see their reaction to food like that. Yeah, they'd all get sick. Abject terror. <laughs> I don't think they would have. You think they would bite into a Big Mac and be like, this is the worst thing ever made. Something is wrong with this bread. It is not hard and grainy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, what, the thing I'm trying to point, I think I'm trying to make with all this is I wonder what it takes to have people separate their experience with with their perception of of, of what they've had already in life. And what things could be in sense of, for example, like you said, the bread, right? Why is this bread soft and chewy? Why is it not like hard and grainy? Mm. Instead of just uh, like just keeping it to the, this is the only version of bread that can exist. It turns into, I have discovered new bread. <laughs> and this new bread is so different. This is very colonial, actually. <laughs> I've discovered the new world. We shall call it New England. And there we shall feast on new bread. <laughs> so you get it, right? So you get my point. And it's just, it's so interesting. I always just think, I, I, I just, you, do you ever think about this? Uh, uh, never, actually. Or, or you know how, you know how um, settlers I, came and the Wild West push came and they were fighting Native Americans? Yeah. What if somebody went back and gave the Native Americans fully automatic weapons? <laughs> and just, what would have happened if they all came to America, like they first tried to settle America, and they ran into like a line of Native Americans all with just like belt-fed LMGs? Just so like... <laughs> Or just <laughs> compound bows. No, no that, that too. Or crossbows. You know how to work this already. This one's so much fucking like, better. It's crazy. Crossbows with laser sights and carbon fiber, like 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 structures, like like just I just belt fed LNGs. <laughs> yeah, just just imagine. Just, Jesus. Just this is the what if. This yeah. is the Marvel what if show, right? Pathfinder just, missiles. Just, <laughs> right just 
I, yeah, sure. I just, I just always imagine that. Just, just how would the perception? How would have things like just how crazy things would have been if that were the case? Yeah, right? I, I mean, I have thought of the only weirdly the only time I've ever thought of this, and I used to think of it more, but my mind got bored thinking of it because I would only think of one iteration of it was just iPhone. Just bring back an iPhone and be like, look, here's. Uh, let's start off with it's a it's like a book with okay. one infinite page and it tells you about every settler like you would just go to wikipedia and yeah. it's like every settler that ever landed in these here parts and these are the people that are down in virginia and look there's also people landing in florida you don't know about florida yet um but then also like here's like jelly car here's doodle jump <laughs> check this shit out uh yeah like like just how mind-blowing yeah just on just, iPhone that's what movie. i mean just how jarring that edc concert <laughs> different vibe that's too much no, you gotta not. ease him into it no first, no you don't even turn the screen on on the iphone first look at this perfect slate this beautiful shiny slate and look at the look at the design and look how tightly we've wrapped this this hide around it. I have a leather case on my phone. You see and then uh, oh you tap it and it illuminates. It harnesses the power of the sun and holds it inside and it's showing you. See, you're being very see, you're trying to integrate it and I'm trying to rip them out of their reality. <laughs> Gorilla fuck. I'm trying to rip them from their existence. Yeah, uh, like you're trying it. to break their minds. No, <laughs> they would have a seizure. <laughs> no, 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 no. If I could Ultron them, just jack them into the <laughs> internet, just Ultron download human everything, just... They would boom. literally never stop screaming and crying <laughs> for the rest of their life. <laughs> Anyways, that was what that was about. It All was right. just that concept. Can I do one of mine now? Yes, please. I just finished reading the audiobooks for Lord of the Rings. Okay. Uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you, first of all, let's talk about audiobooks. What, don't like them. Okay. Well, what do I refer to them as? Do I say, do I... Li audiobooks. I listened to the audiobooks. Yes. I read the audiobooks. You listened to the audiobooks. I listened. I just finished listening to the... Yeah, that sounds right, actually. I don't know why that was so yeah. stuck in my head. I listened to the audiobooks for Lord of the Rings. I have not read them since before the movies came out because my mom had a rule. If there was a uh, movie based on a book, I had to read the book before I could see the movie. That was her way to get That's a good read. rule. It was a great rule. That's and a it good worked. rule. It was books like, are usually better. The few books I've read <laughs> got turn into movies harry potter lord of the rings hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy that kind of stuff um and yeah but i was literally and i definitely skipped a ton of pages because it was boring every song i just skipped right over if there was a song that came up in the book i would just it was like in a different font and it was like skinner the margins were way bigger uh so i just skip over that are you whole talking thing. about uh tolkien or are yeah. you talking about okay? Yeah, like I, I, I didn't Rings. know if you meant like oh, yeah, every no. book in, in general. Yeah, so back to Lord of the Rings, I skipped a lot of pages. Anytime like Tom Bombadil, who's a character who's not mm -hmm. even in the movie, came up and he would sing one of his songs, or Gandalf would sing a song, or Bilbo would sing a song, or Sam would sing a song, Aragorn would sing. Like everybody had a couple bangers in there. They were not bangers. No, um, <laughs> they were a slog. Mm -hmm. uh, I would just skip over them. I would skip over just boring parts of the book. When a part got boring, I could just skip to the next chapter. And yes. like, it would pick Correct. up a different part of the story that was more interesting to me. 
I listen to the whole audiobooks back to back to back to back to back because I've been commuting to work pretty much five days a week again now. Um, really? And, yeah. I'm pretty much back there five days a week. But anyway. Oh, because oh, you have to kind of, right? I have a lot of stuff to do yeah. in the office. Um, so that's like a, at least an hour of listening a day. I put Audible on 1.2x speed, which is the fastest that it still sounds smooth. It I still don't sounds like, fast like a, forwarding, but I know what you mean. It sounds yes. like a person talking. Yep. Um, it's just, it's a little faster than normal, but I could still comprehend it fully. Okay. Um, holy cow. Are those movies so good? <laughs> it's like Why? what I kept thinking throughout them because the books are obviously iconic. They're written in the 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the movies are like the best three movies ever made. <laughs> and I obviously I remember some parts from the book. And I remember obviously so much of the dialogue is ripped directly from the book. And you could tell. That is the beauty, I think, of it is that the, the thing that stands out the most from those three movies is they did such a good job of showing how natural the dialogue is from the books how natural it could be how natural like that's the better way to put it how natural it could be because it's so beautiful to hear them speak exactly it really is yeah you know like there's so many quotes of like uh one does not simply walk into mordor like peter jackson never would have written that line like there's so many things like not all those who wander are lost uh oh my god so so many things the entire first movie Mm-hmm. The fellowship, the amount, like the things that Gandalf says, mm-hmm. I could listen to Gandalf speak the entire first movie. Yeah, and every line's a banger. Uh, yes, every <laughs> just <laughs> every line's a banger. Yeah, um, there's so many good ones. There's a there's a line that's there's so many things I call, I know those movies so well. <laughs> I was a al- I was alone in my car experiencing <clears> them <throat> all alone. No one knew what was happening in my head, but I was embarrassed for myself for knowing like, huh, that line from this scene towards the end of Return of the King is actually spoken halfway through the Fellowship of the Ring book in a completely different context by a different character. But it's just such a good line that Peter Jackson and Fran something who wrote the most of the movie, like put it in this scene, which works really well, actually. Like, I know those movies so well. It was like so fun to listen to, to like go back like reverse engineer the movies to see like how they put it together from these books they really they changed some they made a few i don't know how to sum it up because it is um book to movie adaptations it is one of the closest like yes page for page shot for shot except for a few glaring differences like huge differences Mm -hmm. uh number one tom bombadil a huge character in the first missing. book. Who is missing. Who he fucking should be. He is absolutely useless in the book. And I got so pissed when his chapter came up because I completely forgot about him. And he's in there for like three fucking chapters. And he doesn't do shit. He's no. literally like, they figure out, hey, you're like older than the earth, clearly. Yes. You have crazy magic powers. Can you help? Like, we're hobbits. Oh. And we need to go destroy this super duper evil thing. Can you do it? And his answer is, nah. No matter what happens to that ring, I'm gonna be all right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <Get laughs> he's. I think that's why it's so easy to hate him. It's because he doesn't get involved. I hate him because of how much he sings. Oh, that too. He almost never speaks. Yeah, he only sings, and it's just like, 
Hombi dombi do, Tom Bombadilla Hombi do. I like the trees, Tom Bombadilla Hombi do. It's like almost exactly lyrics from like three chapters. Yeah, yeah. Um, some other big things. Uh, spoilers for the Lord of the Rings books that yeah. came out seventy years ago. Uh, Boromir does not die at the end of Fellowship of the Ring. He dies in, the, in chapter one of the two towers which fucking sucks like that is not a fun way to start a book um gosh but like so much uh the movies also do a really good job at like keeping you on your seat like oh let's see what mary and pippin are up to oh did they get smashed by a horse i don't know let's go see what aragorn legolas and gimli are up to for like an hour and then frodo and sam and then we'll come back to mary and pippin oh they're okay uh like it does such a good job of doing that pacing is great the pacing is great uh particularly the two towers tells uh one group of characters journey all at once (laughs) yes so like it starts with boromir getting killed and then the hobbits get kidnapped and then uh aragorn legolas and gimli chasing them for like half the book and then uh going into fangorn forest whatever doing what they got to do meeting up with theoden meeting up with gandalf uh going to helm's deep doing the whole Helm's Deep battle, which was like eight pages in the book, uh, and it's Helm's Deep is over like a third of the way through the book, and I, I kept looking at like the the progress bar on Audible of like the entirety through the book. I'm like, how is Helm's Deep like done? That's like how the movie ends. Yeah, um, and it goes into so many other things. Uh, Shelob's lair happens oh, yeah. at the end of Two Towers. Um, I hated that part. Yeah, I hate spiders. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, just so much stuff is completely different and out of whack. Uh, Saruman uh, has like a completely way different story. The biggest thing that I 100% completely forgot about is a chapter called The Scouring of the Shire, which the movies are famous for having like 17 endings right after each other. <laughs> like it just yes, keeps ending. It keeps ending. going, it keeps going, it keeps going. And then there's nothing. And then, oh, and then yeah. they, and all that stuff. Uh, in the books, when they finally, the hobbits finally decide to go back home, in the movies, it's just they go back home <clears> and that old guy's looking at them like, oh, these guys are back. And then they go to the pub and that guy's got his big pumpkin. And everyone's like, and oh my God, what a big pumpkin. And they're just traumatized. Yep. They're traumatized. They're like, holy shit. And they're <laughs> it's just, the, it's it's the not Rick the and Morty thing. I'm yeah. just, oh my God. <laughs> and then like Sam, yeah. Sam takes yeah. a swig of beer and he goes and asks Rosie Cotton to dance. Or oh whatever. yeah. He goes, fuck this. I'm going to go get that girl to dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, uh, in the books, they come back and Saruman has taken over the Shire and they need to kill people. Yep. There's yep. a whole battle they that happens. They fight for it. Yep. And they like kill 50 dudes mm-hmm. and like a bunch of hobbits And they're style. badasses because of everything they've been through. So they, they come like, back and they're the trap heroes. dudes with crossbows. Uh-huh. They're like, ah, come chase me. And a bunch of guys follow them and then 80 hobbits come yeah. out of the woods with crossbows. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. They murder dudes. Oh, no. The, the, the hobbits are badasses. In the, in yeah. The book, and then like yeah. Sam and Rosie Cotton are like partners in arms essentially she's like yeah go get him sam we're gonna we're gonna get married after this this is awesome (laughs) um yeah it's wild and like saruman's at the end and saruman 
I, I like Saruman's story better because Gandalf, apparently when he becomes a white wizard, he's on par with Saruman. And he, like, tricks him when he's weak and he's, like, after the Ents destroy Isengard and he's it's all flooded and he's stuck in the tower. They have, like, a long conversation. He's, like, sticking his head out the window. He's like, hey, fuck you. And Gandalf's yeah. like, no. And he takes off his cloak and he's the White Wizard. He's like, no, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he uh, literally just rips his power away from him. He's like, I'm a White Wizard. You're not a wizard anymore. And he's like, ah, shit. And he's just an old guy. Because technically he takes on the mantle of White Wizard. He's like the White Wizard now. Yeah, so what are they? Uh, starts with an M, right? Myar. Myar, yeah, they're Myar. They're technically, uh, what is it, human gods? They're like demigods. They're demigods, right? Yeah, yeah. five of them. But the actual, the thing that happened pre-Middle Earth, uh, where Sauron yeah. tried to take over by being a rat. Yep, yep, yep. Uh by being a base, basically being a snitch, um, and trying to uh, create like a coup, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget, I forget the name of them. The full gods, uh, Va- the Vanar. Vanar, yeah. yeah. And the Va- oh, I know the whole. Yes, exactly. The Vanar <laughs> Deep ass lore. <laughs> yeah, the Vanar are the one who are the ones who kind of control that, right? Because they were the ones who were saying nope. Gandalf, you're the guy now. Yeah. Like, we see what's going on. Real quick, it was the Valar. Valar. I'm sorry. I just don't want people to be like, it's the Valar. Yeah, the Valar (laughs) said that. And they said, oh, no. Like, when he, uh, quote, unquote, died. And then they said, not yet. You're actually going to be the White Wizard now. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for those who don't know, that scene where he's explaining how he didn't die with the whole Balrog. And he fell all the way down. And they landed in the water. And then they fight. He, quote, unquote, died. Yeah. And then they, like, fight on a mountaintop. And I, as a kid, I was just like, oh, that's trippy. And, like, every time I watch yeah. it, I'm like, oh, that's so weird that they were, like, at the bottom of the earth. And then they uh, they literally chased each other up miles of stairs. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, yes. that fight took weeks. Yes. Uh, and then he did die. Mm-hmm. And then that scene where he wakes up and he has the white hair and the white beard. He's naked and he's, like, gasping is the Valar saying, like... Uh, no, your job is to make sure that ring gets destroyed, so, uh, get back to it. <laughs> yeah, almost. A little early. Yeah, you weren't done. Yeah, you gotta go back. And then yeah. he goes back and he's OP. He's Super Saiyan level. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was crazy, like, how many, how many huge differences there were. And, like, so many things that, like, there, I, I've caught a few things that the movie kind of, eh, does, there's this one scene that always sticks out to me at the end when Aragorn gets crowned and it's the yeah. scene where at the end he says, you, my friends, bow to no one. And I cry literally every time. Um, it shows like everybody who's there and yeah. like Aragorn and Arwen and the hobbits are there and blah, blah, blah. It shows Faramir and Eowyn together. And it's just like, oh, two other hot single people who don't have buddies. Let's just throw them together. There is a whole chapter where they fall in love. <laughs> like yeah. they're both gravely injured because Faramir, his dad tries to burn him after right. he thinks he's dead. Yes. And Eowyn, when he stabs the witch king, when she stabs the witch king in the face, her arm is paralyzed from right. that uh, for like a long time. Uh, and they like meet in the hospital rooms or whatever. And there's like a garden and she wants to be in the garden. And, but they're like, no, you need to stay in the hospital rooms. But then they start flirting and he's like you know what i'm actually the steward around here so i'll make sure that you get the garden and stuff like that and then he would always like glance over at her and then they started to fall in love and then he was straight up like i love you please don't go back to rohan (laughs) and then they'd straight up get married and then there's like a cool partnership between rohan and gondor which they never touch on in the movies because they just can't that movie's three and a half hours long they got shit to get through yeah there's a lot um 
it was it was cool it was a super cool experience and the audiobooks by the way are like some of the best like narration i've ever read except for the songs super cringy but those are tough do the are the songs with instruments and everything nope it's just an old dude uh singing pretty much he has like two cadences for every song it's either like a so there's the song that gandalf sings in the very beginning the the road goes ever on and on. And it's like a cool just song that a wizard wizard would be singing. And it like totally fits. But the way the narrator sings it, that same song is in the movie, uh, the books a lot. And he sings it like a, like a two-step almost. Like a, the road goes ever on and on and on from the door. Where it yeah, it's began. all folk. It's folk. Yeah, but it's like, God. And some of them, every time he sings as an elf, it's always like, oh, the And <laughs> There's sometimes I would like accidentally hit the play button on my phone while like I was cooking dinner and my girlfriend would all of a sudden just hear like, oh, and she's like, what the fuck were you listening to? <laughs> the thing I love about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And is the same is the same. Well, it's a part of what I love about Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to the part that I love about Star Wars. And it's very similar to the part I love about uh uh the matrix right yeah. just these huge stories is the backstory of yeah things. oh the lore oh dude i i love the like the, what is it 30 pages of senator palpatine mm. of being a child and coming into politics and yeah. how he got brought into the dark side and his force abilities yeah. and his violent upbringing and what he did and then what he did after that we didn't see and then what like all that is just so fucking cool. Just yeah. uh, when when um, the Hobbit series came out, mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool. A lot of people were just, it's it's whatever. It's it's not as good as the other movies, and it's just that's fine. But it's cool to see basically the prequel. Yeah, it's so cool to see uh, more of that story. Yeah, it you see the rise of uh, Sauron. Yeah, you know, with the necromancer. And- yeah, and you see Saruman's good side. He's a yes. good guy at the time. They literally, so they do that, and the at the end of the scouring of the Shire, they're like, uh, "Screw this, we should kill him. He's not a wizard anymore." And Frodo's like, "Nope, he's uh, he's a bad guy now, but he doesn't have any power, and he was a good guy for long enough that like his slight downfall towards the end doesn't earn him. It doesn't. He doesn't deserve death or something. He can just go on his way." Like, his power is lost, and we took back the Shire let him go. I was like, oh, yeah, that's so interesting. He was, like, super a good guy. He was the white wizard. He was the good. Yeah. He was the top guy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. He was super cool until he got that uh, plant here and then just mm-hmm. kept talking to his buddy Sauron. Yep. And, oh, and seeing, uh, oh, what's her name? Galadriel? Yes. Just, like, rock shit house <laughs> <laughs> In that fight. <laughs> Yes. When Sarah's like, oh, you soft bitch. And she's just like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At the dark tower or whatever it is in the forest. And then she goes, nope. Super Saiyan level. And she just fucks everything up. You soft bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's crazy cool to see it. The Tower of Dol Guldor. (laughs) Yeah. And the story. And and the part of the story where. uh, I forget what part. Like which story uh, part it is. But the part where. They touch on she's seen the future if she does take a ring. If she oh, does yeah, take yeah, the yeah. ring and she sees her, she becomes 
so powerful, but yep. she becomes so evil because of it. Yeah, exactly. She sees how bad it gets. She yeah. goes, I can't. I would be OP. Just it's not good. Yeah. Bad vibes. Uh, speaking of that, actually, that's super horrifying scene in Fellowship of the Ring when Frodo offers her the ring and yes. she does the, I would be a queen. Yes. All would bow down to me and despair. Yeah. And like that crazy. Sh- I thought she was like, she just full blown snapped and then just kind of snapped herself out of it. That was her. They describe it differently in the book where it's like her trying to test Frodo by scaring the shit out of him into literally giving her the ring. And then she's she like reimagines it. She's like, I've seen what would happen if I had the ring. And now let me just kind of play it out a little bit. Nope, I can't. That's really bad. I shouldn't do it. And that's why she says I pass the test. Uh, Because she says that in the book and the movie. And as a kid, I was like, what? (laughs) This this girl's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's not really. She's just like. No. So incredibly old and wise that she's like. Yes. Robotic. Like she's like a computer. She just knows everything. And yeah, she thinks different than us. Yes. The the, uh, the really cool factor that I liked about the books or just the universe in general, which also kind of annoyed me. I liked how much we knew about the humans and mm-hmm. we knew about the elves. The dwarves, they, there's not a, I, I want more to yeah. know, like, like, oh, they dug too greedily and dug too deep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Tell me what happened to in Moria. Yeah. Just, like, let's go there. Come on. I want the story of the fall of Moria or yeah. something And like it's that. just, yeah. oh, the great hall of blah, blah, blah. You know, and the, you're walking through and trying to imagine. I'm trying to imagine this giant hall full yeah. of things. <laughs> Every time I just... watch the movie and reading the book, the whole Moria stuff is done perfectly. That's like yes. page for page, shot for shot. Oh, it's beautiful. And like they literally described like that. W- there's that one scene that I always think of in Moria when it's like the orcs are here. We got to get the fuck out when they're running through the giant open hall. And it's just miles of pillars. Yes. And it's like you just see Gandalf's little tiny spark with seven dudes following him. <laughs> that is shot exactly how it's described in the book. And I like got goosebumps reading. I'm like, damn, Peter Jackson, you fucking killed it, my yeah. dude. Yeah. Um, and I'm literally sitting there like what did they do in here? Like yes. when there were dwarves, like there's no like lunch tables or nope. like, <laughs> exactly. That's what why I was thinking here? what happened. What I think was it was just this? a feat of engineering that they wanted to do They're like, yeah, but what if we built the ceilings 200 feet high? It's, and it's just like, yeah, we could, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's all so interesting. Yeah. And it's just, even the prequels, they don't, they, they, they don't get into it specifically with the dwarves. And I think that's intentional because Tolkien wrote it as if it was like, what if the history of all of this was written down? Like the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings are kind of like, and they do this at the end of the movie when Frodo like finishes the book, it's there and back again, a Hobbit's tale by Bilbo Baggins and the Lord of the Rings by Frodo Baggins. And then blah, blah, blah by Samwise Gamgee. By the way, there's like nine names in the book when he describes like, it's literally just a bunch of titles that Bilbo was going through and he crossed each one out as it got better. Um, But it's supposed to be like all the stories that Tolkien is telling us is the stories that would actually be written down in this world. And the dwarves just didn't do that. So nobody really knew what was up with the dwarves. And Mm. there's a scene in the extended edition of the two towers. Maybe it's not in the extended edition where Eowyn is talking to Gimli about like, are there like female dwarves? Uh, And he's like, 
uh, many dwarf women have beards and people just think dwarves pop out of holes in the ground. Yeah. Like, literally nobody knows. <laughs> like, they don't know what dwarf women were like. They have to exist. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting the way he did that. Like, the stuff he leaves out, he leaves out because nobody in the world really would know about that. Except for... In most versions of the book, at the beginning, there's like an essay he wrote uh, called Concerning Hobbits. And it starts off, uh, it just describes what hobbits are like. And that's, he specifically describes like nobody besides hobbits really know about any of this stuff. Like hobbits are so in their own little corner of the world that men and elves and dwarves don't really know about them. Except for like Gandalf. Because Gandalf found him. And he's like, oh, these people are dope. They smoke weed all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> They just garden. They just garden, eat, drink, and get high. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Pretty I am it. definitely hanging out here when I don't have shit to do. And yeah. That's why he knows them all so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, that's, that's the thing that's always stuck with me. I've always just wanted to know more. Even in the Hobbit movies, when they finally have the big battle at the end. Yeah. And the the battalion of them show up yep on their war pigs who are they <laughs> that was so badass yeah. and it was just oh i keep hearing about how they fought with the humans and elves yeah like alongside them now i've seen how they can fight because yeah. up until then i've only seen gimli <laughs> yeah or just a group of them being surprised yeah exactly <laughs> i've never seen them actually fight yeah in, in battle as a, as a coordinated uh group yeah, uh, yeah, like a, an actual military group, and now you get to see it, and it's just, I see some semblance of a society. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I get that now. Yeah. I get that. That makes sense. Ooh. You know? Uh, so that's something that I've always thought is so. Dude, the way they, the way they did that first scene in Moria, the the first scene, the the first big fight. Like the, they've got a cave troll, like that whole scene in the throne, <laughs> the tomb room. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. The horns, they're coming. Yeah. Yeah. We cannot get, get out. out. Yes. They are coming. Yes. The drums in the deep. Yeah. Drums <laughs> yeah. in the deep. Yes. Also like page for page, shot for shot. Yes. Because it's written so well. Peter Jackson would be a fool to change a but single so, word So that's that. another thing that blows my mind away. They were not being quiet. So when the bucket fell down the well... What were all the orcs doing? Just sleeping? I guess. What do you mean they were not being quiet? Like the, the fellowship? They were talking. They, they were being were... quiet enough. But like the bucket was like bong, bong, bong. And uh, in the book, actually, that's something that's slightly different. Pippin drops the bucket down like hours before. So, like, yes. Yes. It's happens. not immediate. It's yeah, not immediate. exactly. It's, it's not, not like, oh, there, there, go get him. Yeah. Uh, but in the movie, like, it was. Yeah, they he drops the bucket, and then they hear what sounds like drums or thudding, and then it and then they hear it later, and yeah. it's closer, and it's definitely drums, and they're like, "Fuck, yes." <laughs> but yeah. it's just it makes me think. Then, so that dropped really deep. What was hap What's happening really deep? That's probably where the orcs were. Right, but what was happening? Were they just chilling? Reading books and and just having a drink. Were they taking nappy playing poos? rock paper scissors? Yeah, just that's what I'm saying. It just the way the movie portrays it and the, even the book portrays it. It almost seems just there was there's a sea of orcs if you go deep enough, and if you disturb them, they wake up and then they come kill you. But if you don't make noise down there, they just sleep all the time. Yeah, I mean that's a. Uh... 
it's like a fantasy adventure thing. It's like they could be doing a number of things down there. It doesn't matter. But they're not making any noise. They made noise and then they came up. Well, that's the, the thing. orcs aren't making noise. Is what I'm saying. In the book, it's like they came up like a day later. So they were. I know they were far enough away that like one of them probably heard the clanging of the bucket. And I don't think it was a bucket in the book. It was, but something fell. It was like a suit of armor or something. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it was something from a dead body. Yeah, or a body fell. Yeah. Uh, and then like a scout probably like checked it out and they're like, oh, there's definitely like people up there. Let's kill the shit out of them. Uh, and then like gathered everybody up and then went up and killed them. So like they were deep. Like they never would have encountered them. They were just on like right. way different. But, it, but they also the describe qu- it. They're on like the 37th level of Moria or something. Yeah. But it's the same question of just, I, I just, I, I want to know what they were doing. I'm so curious. <laughs> just what, what yeah. were you doing? Yeah, I feel you. Were you working on a rue? Just like, I don't know. What were they doing? Like a food roux? Yeah. <laughs> were they talking each we're talking to each other? Oh, you should try the blonde roux. Let's do a blonde roux today. Oh, yeah. Just as, as that. Like, I want to fucking know what they were doing. I got some Balrog fat. Right? It's just. <laughs> it's because. It's because it's so quiet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they all just. Bop. And then they all just start coming up. And it's. Yeah. It's just this. There, there are a few things that the movie like. And I genuinely, I can't think of a way Peter Jackson could have done this, but the passage of time, like there wasn't enough time in the movie to show the passage of time. Like they could have shown them sleeping and waking up and sleeping and waking up or whatever. Yeah. The biggest thing that like a lot of people don't get, and I didn't really get, I mean, I got this before I read, I listened to the audiobooks because I saw like YouTube videos about it, but from uh, Bilbo leaving the Shire at the beginning, like Bilbo's birthday party when Gandalf is there. And then Bilbo leaves and Frodo's like, oh, he left, didn't he? Oh, man, that stinks. And then uh, Gandalf comes back and does the, is it secret? Is it safe? And then yeah. tells him the story of the ring. Seven years <laughs> pass in the books. Like, he is researching the shit out yes. of the ring. And he's running all over. Yep. He's checking books. I think he goes to um, he Gondor. Talks, he talks to Saruman. He goes to Minas Tirith. Yes. He meets Denethor. Oh, like, no, no, yeah, Denethor hates Tirith. him already because yep. he's like, oh, you're the dude who's been like ransacking our library for years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. they do a, like, a better job of showing that in the books. In the extended version of Lord of the Rings, they show him doing that. Yeah, They exactly. show him saying like, I, I must... I must go. I must find stuff. Yeah. And he runs around. Yeah, exactly. They like kind of show it, but it, it almost seems like he goes away for like a long weekend. He's like, wait, hold yeah, on. I think I've heard of weekend. this. Let me go get that book. Yeah. All right. I got it. Is it secret? Is it safe? Yeah. Um, between you- the birthday party at the beginning right. of the movie and then Sam coming home after dropping Frodo off at the boats, like the whole story, 20 years pass. That's such a long war. It seems like two months in yeah. the movies. It's insane. Also... Can you imagine the fucking panic of being Gandalf in that moment? <laughs> Put yourself in Gandalf's oh, shoes. No. You're hanging out with your with your weed buddies and you're just smoking each other up, just getting high, shooting off fireworks. One of them plays food. a sick prank on his last day in town. Right? And you just ah, fucking right, man. And then you're just hanging out, having a good time, and then this ring appears. And you look at it and you go, something's weird about that ring. I, you know, there's this weird story about this one ring. Yeah. And man, would that be some shit if that was the ring? And then you go, wait a minute. (laughs) So he like, wait a minute. (laughs) 
in the books, he's like, hmm, this is a magic ring. I better go, like, research about it to make sure it's cool. And then he's like, oh, it's rings that let you do invisibility. There's actually not very many of those. And wait a second. There was this one ring that does invisibility. Hold on now. And then let me read its description. Oh, it's just a perfectly spherical or whatever gold band with nothing. With oh, nothing on unless it. you drop it in the fire. Yes. Oh, and everybody calls it precious. <laughs> like yes. Isildur called it precious. Uh, and then blah, blah, blah. Bilbo got it from Gollum. Gollum got it from this area. Oh, shit. That's where Isildur died. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and then, no. And then you're back and you're just... You throw it to the fire, and you're like, in that moment, he's please, just, please, 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 please but, do not be you it. know one hundred percent that it's gonna do the thing that please, you read about. <laughs> please do not do it, and you take it out. It's quite cool to the touch, and you put That's it down, cool. and you go, oh, fuck, fuck me. <laughs> look at the text he, glowing on Frodo's face. <laughs> yeah, he turns around just with the look of Jesus, fuck. Now just, I gotta deal with this shit. This is gonna be my whole weekend. Just, just <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Because when he leaves that night with the ring, like when he notices the rings there and he leaves, yeah, he's not calm. He's in a panic. He's panicked. <laughs> he's just and he keeps oh, that shit up shit. for seven years. Yes. He is at that level of panic for seven years. Yeah, and then it, like he literally he can't touch it. Like. He's like, no, it will. I am too weak for it. I will see the power it can give me. And literally, if Gandalf had it, he would be 10 times more powerful than Sauron. Yes. Because Sauron was like a lesser Maya or something. He was like one tier down of like the God tier. Uh, and he was like a badass. And if Gandalf had it, Gandalf, clearly, if you watch the movies and read the books, he is a major badass. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really cool fan art of what Gandalf would look like if he did take the ring. Oh, it's so cool. Um, but yeah, he's like, no, you can't touch it. For some reason, you weed folks seem to be <laughs> cool with it. So sorry, buddy, but this is your shit to deal with now. <laughs> you can't say no. So get going. <laughs> and it's just the way he handles it, which I love the most. He's just, all right, man, just, just, just don't use it. <laughs> Hide it and just keep smoking and, and eating and, and that you'll be fine. I'll be back in a bit. I got to go just check some books out. Because he back. was pretty sure. He was like, no one will know it's here. Um, yeah. And then actually the whole Gollum thing, which I genuinely think the movies did it in a way that's easier to understand. How he uh, was a hobbit. Well, he was a hobbit, but how they f how they tortured Gollum to get the information out of him that Shire Baggins, like in his torture, they were only able to make out two words, yeah. Shire and Baggins. And Frodo's like, but that would lead them here. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen at all in the book. Um, they torture him. They don't get shit from him. The elves kidnap him with Aragorn's help. <laughs> They mm -hmm. kidnap him, have him for a while, and then some elf fucks up and lets him get out, and he goes to, he tells someone about it, like, on purpose. Like, he doesn't get tortured, he just tells someone about it. Like, oh, by the way, the Shire Baggins, that's where it is. Uh, and that's when the, the ring race come out. The ring race also talk a lot <laughs> in the yeah. books. It's yeah. not, they don't come up and it's like Farmer Maggot or whatever is like, Shire Baggins. Yeah. He's like, I'm looking for a little guy <laughs> with a ring. Have you seen him? Yeah. And it's like, oh gosh, <laughs> that's another thing the movie definitely knocks out of the park. Yeah. It gives him a much, a much 
more intimidating air. Yeah, they just say a few words here and there, like, give us the halfling she-elf. Yeah. And stuff like that. Uh, Arwen, by the way, is like barely anybody in the books. Right. <laughs> She's just an elf who it's implied in the Fellowship of the Ring has, like, her and Aragorn definitely fucked at some point. It's mm-hmm. like the vibe you get. And then in Return of the King, she shows up and Aragorn's like, oh, yeah, I've had a really big crush on her for a really long time, so I'm going to marry her. But then she's in all the movies. She's a huge deal. But they like keep mentioning like, oh, the time of the elves is over. We got to go. But they bring her in to like kind of put a face to that. That's also something. Yeah. That's also something I never understood. Like their time is up. So that's another thing that the book definitely it's because has time to elaborate more. It's because of their homeland, right? Because Middle Earth is not their homeland. Uh, Kind of. Their homelands, so it's um, Galadriel's forest, which is uh, Lothlorien, yep. and then Elrond's place, Rivendell. They are so beautiful. Like, they are described as the most picturesque, beautiful place imaginable. And Rivendell, I think, nails that in the movie. Yeah, they do. Lothlorien, kind of. Like, there's some really beautiful scenes that happen there. Um, But those places are kept so pristine because of the power of the three rings that were given to elves that they have. Mm. So Galadriel has one. Elrond has one. They literally have one of the three rings that Sauron uh, made or helped make. It's complicated. But... um, when they know that that one ring has to be destroyed, but they also know that that one ring gives their rings the power. So when the one ring oh. gets destroyed, their rings aren't gonna, they're gonna lose their efficacy and their worlds are slowly gonna start to wither. In the movies, they show the worlds withering already. Like Rivendell gets all dusty and yes. like messy and stuff. That shouldn't have happened yet. Once the one ring was destroyed, that would have happened. Then the rings start to lose their power and then it gets all dusty and whatever. And then they gotta bounce. Right. Um, so like, and it like gives the elves their power kind of, so like they are immortal, but not really. They just live a really long time, but with the rings, they're immortal. Um, so over on the West is like basically heaven, but it's a heaven that you literally take a boat to. Yeah. Um, and And only, but only know, they know the way though, right? Exactly. They know the way from, I remember that from the book. Yep. Um, and in the movies, also, big change that I thought was really cool. Frodo, Gandalf, Bilbo, Elrond, Galadriel, and one other elf dude go on the last boat out mm-hmm. of Middle-earth. Uh, in the books, there's one more boat, and it's for Sam, but he still has a life to live in the Shire. But when he's done, like, it's basically, go put your kids through college, and then we got a boat waiting for you, buddy. Because yeah. you were a ring bearer, which they... He wears the ring a ton in the books. <laughs> like the whole Shelob time, the whole time Shelob is happening when he, he overhears the Doesn't orcs. he put it on in the... No. I don't think he does. He never I does. In maybe the in the extended version, but he legit, like, the whole conversation he, he overhears... No, like, yeah, he does. Oh, I'm sorry. Shelob's got him with his stinger. She likes yeah. to have him fresh. Yes. He's like 10 feet away from them and he has the ring yes. on in the I was going to say, he does, I think, in the extended version. Yeah have the ring on when he sneaks into the tower yep 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 exactly to save yeah uh, yeah, yeah. To save him uh yeah which that whole that whole scene was done so well in the in the book too um they they amp it up it's that's another one that's better in the movies like yeah. the this one's for the shire yeah this one's for my old gaffer <laughs> he doesn't do that in the book which that's so right. sam yeah uh and then the whole like breakup that happens when like gandalf frames him and makes frodo hate him and tells him to go home and then he comes back later that never happens in the book 
they're literally tight until the end. <laughs> they're both in Shelob's cave together, but they get separated. Uh, Sam starts beating the shit out of Gollum while Sheila yeah. goes and stings Frodo. <laughs> it's it was cool. I highly recommend fans of Lord of the Rings. Um, check out the audiobooks if you don't have time to read or you just don't like reading like I do. I I like reading. I don't like audiobooks. I love them. It's like you a bedtime story, but while you know you're driving why? to work, it's, it's because I want to put the voice in my head to what I'm reading, mm. and I want to put my the scene that I perceive yeah from reading it not from what somebody else is saying about it there there's a few times i completely agree with you every song in lord of the rings i was like nope this is garbage (laughs) i if i was reading it i would just read it like poetry like i wouldn't even put it to song right except for the songs that i do recognize from the movies like the one i just said gandalf sings at the beginning um and then the audiobooks for lord of the rings it's done by an old british guy who does voices for everybody but his hermione is just no good can't get over it every line hermione spoke in that book was so cringy to me because it was spoken by a 50 year old british dude trying to sound like a teenager girl yeah no i i just i don't know i would rather just read them i mean man the, the, the those universes are done so well you know what I was thinking of when you were talking about the the universe is the reason you love them? They give us these vast new worlds that are like sandboxes. Oh, they are. Well, I think also uh, Lord of the Rings, just Tolkien's world, is so deep. Yeah. It's so fleshed out. Yes, there you go. It's so fleshed out. There's dictionaries for the languages. Yes. It's just, it's insane. (laughs) So I was going to describe it in a way that like, there's like the, the three big sandboxes that come to mind for me, at least is Tolkien, the sandbox of Middle Earth and all that stuff, Star Wars, and then Harry Potter. I think it's just a great, it's a great world that she built. Yeah. Star Wars, we'll start with Star Wars is, uh, just a little sandbox huge vast sandbox that george lucas built built a nice little pretty sandcastle on and then he hires a bunch of friends to make whatever they want in the sandbox as long Mm -hmm. as it doesn't fuck up his sandcastle like go build cool sandcastles there's some gorgeous sandcastles that like build off of the sandcastle and then some different sandcastles that are made out of the same sand but like just totally different and then there's tolkien which is just this is my sandbox. Nobody can touch it. Yeah. But don't worry. I got you. I will fill out. <laughs> there is a beautiful sandcastle filling every square inch of the sandbox, yes. except the corner over there about dwarves, because I can't think of anything to write about them. Yeah. Yeah. And then JK Rowling is basically just, here's a sandbox. I built a nice sandcastle. And then the rest of it, you could imagine cool sandboxes in your head, like fan theories, essentially. Like yeah. Star Wars is the fan community is able to add to it, to the universe. The Tolkien universe, he basically did one-handed himself. Yeah. And then the Harry Potter universe is just like, here's a story, and you could imagine what else took place in this universe. Yes. That's a good cool. way to put it. I think that's a good way to put it. I think that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. Um, oh, 
I just want to go on a Wikipedia binge now. Oh, just dude, <laughs> don't get me started. It's... I love the Wikipedia. Or the, uh, I don't know what the Lord of the Rings one is called, but Star Wars has the Wikipedia. The Wikipedia. That I spent hours at a time on. Be like, hmm, I want to figure out why Mace Windu has a purple lightsaber. Does anybody else have a purple lightsaber? Oh, what's this world he got his purple lightsaber crystal on? Oh, oh. that's a cool world. <laughs> Let me look up the history of these people. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, it. Go, there's things that you find about just even how, and I, we've talked about this before, which contracts were used for certain versions of X-Wings and which corporations were used to make them. And like it's the just, Corellians and... Yeah, and it's just, oh, wow. Just just the different so shipyards good. they had to use. and I think that the reason it works so well with Star Wars is because the core of it, like the original trilogy and then like the other stuff uh, that's like considered core is so universally appealing Mm -hmm. that you could have fans who are massive fans of star wars and also like wartime manufacturing companies (laughs) so they could write stories about that where george lucas never would and then you could have people who are like incredible adventure fantasy writers who also love star wars so they're gonna write a whole comic book about how mace windu got his purple lightsaber that's a super cool like adventure and stuff like that yeah there's so many like crossover types of fans that it fills out like every aspect of a of the universe and it feels like a whole different other real universe with like a real history it feels like it's really out there yes and like that you're reading facts about a universe yes exactly exactly it's just yeah it's, it's so, so satisfying i know it feels so good to like the more the more you dig into it the more real it feels and like the stronger the fantasy of it gets and the core of the stories are similar right you have the hero you have the protagonist you have yeah the antagonist you have the villain you have the hardship you have, you have the, like the macguffin like <laughs> the thing that needs to be done yes yeah, so you have the sacrifice you yeah. have you have all these different things and it's so interesting how they all intertwine within their own stories you know just thinking about the just thinking about the skywalker saga for mm. example just thinking about the whole idea behind it just this family bloodline and the impact it has on the universe and yeah and just then you have the political side of it and you have t- territorial issues and you have manufacturing st- like yeah. the clones were a manufacturing contract yeah yeah just it, it just right and it just and you have that scene where uh obi-wan goes down and he goes or, or they when obi-wan found out about it and he goes this planet was wiped off of the archives yeah and i don't know why yeah i'm gonna go there camino and see what's going on and then he lands the and the Kaminoans are oh master jedi perfect we've been waiting for to give an update yeah and he goes oh cool yeah (laughs) then like uh please they imply that there's like this other jedi who got it all started and it's so good real quick have you been keeping up with the bad batch speaking of the Kaminoans Uh, and that contract and stuff like that yes i am so interesting to me (laughs) i am up to i think there's three episodes now uh, yeah i'm up to date okay cool up to date new episode tomorrow yes for us right now yes, yes Um, the whole like transition from clones to stormtroopers is like something I've always been curious about, and I did not expect this show to answer that for me. But yeah, it's the like, programming. Yeah, yeah. Tarkin was like, "Nah, it's too expensive." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so and cool. They wanted the enlisted. Yeah, they wanted the enlisted people because they thought that would be better. That would be better loyalty wise and resource wise. I I also like how the show's like still like taking a step further with like the whole cloning thing. Like, what do you cl- mean? Like uh, Omega. 
mm-hmm. is clearly a clone. Yes. Uh, I don't think we know what she's a clone of yet, but uh, I have a hunch that she's force sensitive. Uh, so? Oh yeah, that, I just I have sense. a feeling that, that makes she sense. Is. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm really excited to see. Like they keep mentioning that. Like uh, they were trying to clone or do some kind of cloning stuff with Grogu's DNA. They want a Grogu's DNA. They were doing obviously the clones, the Clone Wars, the Kaminoans. Omega is doing something. There's so many. Like Snoke, it's implied that Snoke was a clone. Um, it's it's cool that they're like. It seems like post Skywalker saga, a lot of Star Wars is going to be about clones, and that's really interesting to me. The whole change. So here's the thing that that blows my mind away. The older I, well, the older I get, once I was no longer a kid looking at Star Wars, Star Wars is heavily, heavily political. Mm. And not just, oh, it's a, it takes such a political stance. It's just, no, it, it shows the impact of political decisions yep. of how they interplay between everything. Yeah. The balance of the universe is off of politics. Yeah. Literally, that's how it works. They yeah. went from a republic to an empire. And the Bad Batch shows that. Yeah. When they, like, they literally say it in a scene where he goes, oh, I, I set up to be a part of a republic. Yeah. Not part of an empire. Yeah. You know? But then, like, the inhibitor chip and the clones, they're like, yeah, sweet. Sounds great. Woo, empire, woo. Yeah. And they were all just looking around just, okay. Yeah. We send up to be republic fighters. I also like how that it's implying that the Kaminoans were, like, more in on it than just, like... Oh, by the way, here's a USB stick. Can you just make sure that this little program is in every clone's head? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. That's fine. But no, like the the prime minister of the Kaminoans was like, they cannot find out. <laughs> like, Tarkin wants us to keep this a secret or whatever. And uh, like, they, they were in on it. Like, they knew what kind of shit they were putting into the clone's heads. And they're like... Yeah, it, it's weird because they are so innocent just from appearance yeah they seem so like they're quiet third party like like they were just accessories to a crime (laughs) yeah i mean there's also the manufacturing change that they made with the i forget the name of it but the first style of imperial star destroyer versus republic star destroyer yeah because they changed hangar locations they changed (laughs) armament they changed (laughs) the color they didn't want the red anymore so they went with full gray um yeah, the, they, the the Imperial Star Destroyers that we know are familiar with. Yeah, that is that was a rollout change manufacturing wise from the ones that they had as, as the Republic Star Destroyers. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just the political side of it just is is so, I guess, neat. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, well, it's because politics in the real world fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> <It's, laughs> They're always shitty. They always have consequences, and they always seem to be bad. <laughs> what in real life? Or yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but in Star Wars, it's like it seems to always be bad. But who cares? It's not us. Well, well, it's just, it's just. Nah, I mean, it's just the the. So I don't know how to how to put this lightly, but I'll try. The impact of the political changes in the Star Wars universe when it comes to stuff such as switching things over to a galactic empire versus galactic republic, it almost seems medieval. Mm. If you think about it. Think about how... time ago in a galaxy far away. Right. Think about the way politically things are handled on... uh, We saw it in Bad Batch. You can't move around without papers now. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, you need documentation. Uh, cool. Whatever. That's just if that's the policy. Right. But the way they are employed or deployed, the way the forces are deployed, there is a military presence everywhere. Yeah. Right. And it's just it's it's it makes me think of how he, like, medieval times a decree came from the royal kingdom and the and the kings of the land said you must give up a piece of bread mm. and they all had to give a piece of bread right and it's just it was enacted with these groups of of soldiers troops, and yeah. troops coming by with swords threatening people you pay up you have yeah. to pay up the piece you of bread you have to do this cuz we said so, so. and the, the 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 king says so the 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 you know the emperor says so so you must give it up yeah and you see that in the in this world where you would think they'd be beyond that they can reach hyperspace speeds and you know it, it's just it's crazy to me the horses that, go really fast <laughs> yeah it's just it, it it's just it's such a weird yeah it's cool because it's fantasy it's space fantasy so it's like yeah. they need to give us those like in your face tonal shifts to like really make it hit not just like oh we're slightly perturbed by this new policy we have to follow and i'm going to complain about it on facebook but still follow it because it's like fine it's incremental changes and yeah maybe in the long run that would be interesting but for like essentially a cartoon they need to be like in your face about it which is what those like medieval fantasy stories were always like they need to like just give you the meat and potatoes of the yeah. story that's happening yeah so it's just it's just such a weird. I I don't want to say it's a ju- it's a juxtaposition because I don't think it is, mm. but it's just this weird theme to it. Yeah, the, the the delivery of that theme is so familiar but foreign at the same time. For it's it's uh, familiar but not from this genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to something, I guess you could say it's kind of similar to Lord of the Rings in the sense that in Lord of the Rings, it's it takes place in this medieval style, right? Yeah, uh, with pubs and fighting and yep and swords and slaying and and demons and dragons and all this stuff but it's beautiful yeah poetic and romantic yep and it's it's so graceful mm-hmm. despite the fact they don't have showers yeah you know it's just <laughs> it's it's so it's so uh, uh elegant despite yeah. the fact they don't have you know they don't have uh gucci so it's just this <laughs> yeah it's just this it's very similar of how it's delivered and yeah. it's just it, it add it's it's that x factor i feel mm. it's that special x factor that makes it be this thing right yeah cuz i feel like most things try to be that and they either lean too far into the brutality and the dirtiness and the coarseness of it or they go too far the opposite side and it's not believable exactly it's so, like ingenuous yeah yeah gosh i just i love loving things i love the things we love it's great Great. Cool. Cool. All right. Have a good one. Uh, enjoy the next episode of The Bad Batch and to continue to see how the clones were phased out and how the stormtroopers were brought in. By the way, 16 episodes of Bad, of Batch. Bad Batch that we're going to get one a week. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a long. We're going to be Loki's watching this until up. we're dead. Yeah, Loki soon. Loki June, t- early June. I'd say two weeks, right? Yeah. Excited for that one. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's going to be good. All right. See you later. Peace.
<sighs> that was absolutely awful. Delete that right now. <laughs> you absolutely not. No. <laughs> Go back. We're recording a new no, one. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's uh, fine. I'm so-